Those drums sound cool. Hello, everybody. You're listening to Trent Talk, your Halo by Halo guide to America's greatest treasure, Trent, Trent Reznor. Today we'll be discussing Halo 7, which is March of the Pigs, the single, and it was released in 1994. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you're a Nine Inch Nails fanatic, a.k.a. Reznerd, then this podcast should be a fun repository of inside jokes and references. But if you're a Nine Inch newbie... Then tune in as Shy and I listen to the music of Nine Inch Nails live and maybe learn a little something about ourselves along the way. Terrific. Terrific. I'm Shia Carey. And I'm Claire Dickerson. And that is our expanded intro, <laughs> which is going to go along with our expanded studio. Hello. We have a desk Yeah, you we can't got a, see. Yeah, we got a desk. This is professional as shit right now. No more sitting on the couch. Oh yeah, no more couch in it. <laughs> um, we even have a little snack bar behind us, yeah. which our Periscope friends will appreciate. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> oh. We're Periscoping today. Yes, uh, yes. People out there in podcast land. Making it a little more inclusive, and yeah. so people can see my beautiful interpretations of Trent Reznor's music. Okay. Which Claire does not enjoy okay. whatsoever. <laughs> um, at the top, you were listening to the MTV clip of Beavis and Butthead as they watched the music video for March of the Pigs, which was released in March 1994, um, to accompany this single, I believe. Yeah. So how was this listen for you? How, how did you, overall, how did you enjoy March of the Pigs, the single? Mm, it was forgettable. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean it wasn't that exciting. Um, there's the song, a remix, Reptile, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. a remix of Reptile, mm -hmm. and then a random instrumental. This pretty much, for me, it ran exactly the same course as every other single we've listened to, which is like great, sing like great original album cut, and then just a bunch of gobbledygook that's way too long, takes way too much time. Yeah, it was um, basically just like, oh god, I don't have anything to talk about again. What so we, we have March do? of the Pigs, which is a slim, trim three minutes, but then it has a remix, All the Pigs Are All Lined Up, which is seven and a half <laughs> fucking minutes. Seven and a and half minutes. And like, the minutes. song works because it's so punchy. Like, you hear those drums and it gets in, in and out so fast. It's like mm -hmm. a perfect, like, I mean, he's open shows with this song since forever like since this came out this is like the number one opener because it's just this high energy rat-a-tat and then it gets right into it but then all the pigs the two times that i saw him. anyway go on yes you saw nine inch nails twice yes and it, he didn't open with this i don't remember what he opened with the second time yeah. anyway yeah, yeah. but yeah 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 it's a good lie. it's a good hype good hype up song yeah dude it's, it's a fucking mosh song like, I know. This, is, this comes closest to uh to a punk rock. Do you want to listen to the original cut? Let's do it. Let's get Let's right in. dive it. right in. Right, let's make sure the sound levels are right. March of the Pigs. Let's march right in. And as usual, iTunes drops the first one second. Yeah. Fucking iTunes. I'm going to get a new fucking MP3 player. Spotify does it too. Yes. Oh. Yep. <laughs> yeah, this this is pure pure nine inch nails. This is this is the good stuff. The good stuff. Like we've trudged through so much crap. Oh. We had to get through fixed. We had to, <laughs> we had to get through about two thirds of pretty hate machine. Oh. But now we've really gotten to the cream. Like I'm this. To get... <laughs> when I think of nine inch nails, this is one of the first songs that comes to my mind. Like yeah. because of the intensity. Also because of like the sort of like mysterious lyrics like he's talking and he's talking about like pigs it's got like this weird S&M thing going on yeah we talked about the pig trope and bestiality time. is a recurring trope because it's well it's about people being animals yeah, yeah. so I wouldn't say that it's necessarily bestiality right. I think it's just yeah comparing can people who are animals give consent yes stop mansplaining to me they probably have safe words <laughs> safe moves safe squeals right <laughs> All right, so All right. as you may have heard, it goes from that, oh, yeah, it goes from that battering drum line to just this little piano riff. It'll happen again. I'll turn it up when it does, and it sort of shows you both this sides. This part of the song is boring. It, yeah, this part of the song sucks. <laughs> um, but it shows you the two sides of Nine Inch Nails because you've got like the heavy hardcore, the fucking 
And, but then also you've got this sort of lighter ballad side, which mm-hmm. does not really appear in this single, but in, in later albums it becomes a more and more important part of Trent's work. <laughs> Did we get a comment? <laughs> yeah. They were commenting on you um, asking if people as animals can give consent. <laughs> talking about the big issues. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, so this isn't the slow part, but this is the lead up to the slow part. Yeah. But yeah, it has, oh, this is, dude, if they play this in a fucking goth club, like, people are just like grinding. Just, just fucking cornstarch and leather everywhere. <laughs> stop it, stop it. Stop it. <laughs> Okay. Stop it. Just get a Napoleon diet. What what a great fucking song. I'm going to pause it right there so we can talk about anything of note. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> um, so I didn't know this until I looked it up. I think I'm Wikipedia. Wikipedia sometimes has some some hot tips about music. Um, it actually is, so that drum beat, do, 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 like it's actually seven, eight mm-hmm. time signature. And it's, a, it's a very, very weird comp because it's seven, eight for three measures. And then it's eight, eight for one measure. And I know anyone who's not a music person is tuned out at mm-hmm. this point, but it, it comes out being like a 23, eight time signature. It's crazy. Oh. What is happening? Oh. Oh. Or no, it's a 21, eight. Like, what the fuck is that? Um. Or no, twenty one sixteen. No, twenty one thirty two. Anyways, it's a really it's a really unique drum beat and that like the grouping of the one, two, three, four, one, two, three. Like it's it's really cool, right? One, yeah. two, three, four, one, two, three. Like that's that's why it's it feels so intense, is because it's it's got sort of this like halting, like stuttering nature to it. Mm-hmm. Um, no, so yeah, that was, cool. I enjoyed the fuck out of that. Mm-hmm. Um another note I've got is uh, what do you think of the music video? Um Oh, sorry. I have cat hair in my mouth. Okay. It's it's a really cheaply produced video. It's just Trent and the band in a studio with in a white, white walls. Yeah, just a white Stum- room. And Trent is just stumbling around, knocking into shit, being as aggressive as possible. It's kind of fun just, like, watching yeah, grown if you, men if you do like their Trent, own thing. It's, yeah. it's like a little slice of life. Yeah. Like, this is how Trent was getting revved up for... The, I mean, the tour that accompanied this must have just fucking destroyed him. Like, I can't even imagine. And... I'm sure that it was kind of a relief, like, going from making, like, the whole Broken movie and then doing that before probably doing Closer. I think at this point, Trent was at his most confident. Like, he had he had gone through so much in the early days. Like, he was a janitor at Right Track Studios. A janitor. <laughs> See, I'm trying to keep this visual. Um, <laughs> Watching this isn't visual enough. There's um, cat hair on everything. He was a janitor at Right Track Records and then recorded Pretty Hate Machine, which had a lot of, like, really earnest songs about what he was feeling at the time. Mm-hmm. And then he got into a fight with his record label, like, right away because they wanted to have, like, creative control. And they were like, just make Down In It again. Yeah. Um, Down In It too. Yep. Um, and then he was like, fuck you guys. I'm going to go sign with this other thing and then have my own vanity label and then do this and that. It came out with Broken, mm-hmm. which is, like, a real artistic statement. It was way out there. You guys should come. You guys should check out our broken app if you have not yet. It is. It is. It broke us. Mm-hmm. Is how we were exhausted. It was too much, dude. It was two days. The like only a full day of too too much. Yeah, it's, it was like we were down the rabbit hole and we just kept finding out more and more. I was like, oh wait, there was a there was a half hour movie that accompanied every music video. Let's watch it. Oh, Jesus. Broken for life. Who's this? Russ. So wait, Russ. <laughs> Russ, uh, if I can address this to you real quick. This is going to be weird for our podcast listeners. We can cut this part out. Okay, sure. Yeah. Um, so you listened to Pretty Hate Machine before. Did our podcast convince you to listen to Broken? <laughs> <laughs> Keep it in. <laughs> Only if you reply. Tell us if we I were think our podcast, responsible. I think our podcast led him to listen to the Downward Spiral. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's very, it very first time. I had heard and loved Broken. Oh, yeah. terrific. Yeah, it's, it's interesting, like, everyone's different entry points into Nine Inch Nails because it ends up coloring your understanding of that band. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, my first was Downward Spiral, and then I was like, wow, this is so intense because I want to fuck you like an animal. It was like one of the first choruses I heard. Wish, Wish is, is my all-time song. fave of theirs. Yeah. Not a bad choice. Wish is a great It was a, It was a very good year. Um, Love it. 
So should we plow into the first uh, remix on the album? Yeah, the first. It's called Rep- almost nine minutes. Oh wait, wait, hang on. Do, do, I, do I have any more notes? Oh, um, schlep inside. So this is another one of the cases where I don't totally know what Trent is saying in the song. <laughs> schlep. <laughs> it's got to be step inside. But it's got to be. Like, it his does voice, sound like schlep inside. His, his voice interferes with like the symbol, and it's like schlep inside. <laughs> lies. Oh wait, lies, guys, lies. Oh, I've been working on a little project here. Lies! Lies! So if I ever need to drop a sound in, I can just do that. He has a soundboard. No, shh, shh, I thought you, you were the one that was going to... No, I said part. we can talk about the soundboard. We're just not going to talk about the ultimate goal of the soundboard. Okay. Oh, we okay. just lost a listener with that one. <laughs> oh, they're back, they're gone, they're back, they're gone. Um, anyway, okay. So this is Reptilian, which is a remix of Reptile, uh, one of my favorite tracks. That'll show up eventually on the full album. Let's do it. It's basically the exact song Reptile with like three minutes of nonsense. Three minutes of nonsense. It's close. It's close to the exact song of Reptile. I said pretty much. But us Reptile purists will note the small differences. It's great though. Uh, it's gonna be a long ride. There it is. Yes! <laughs> so, before this app was in the works, I, uh, I don't know if I'd listened to this. I mean, I, I'd listened to this, but, like, I hadn't really fully gone in there and appreciated it. Uh-huh. Wait, there it is. Yeah, this is the same beginning. Right close. here. It's close. It's close. I mean, oh, the, there's an extra drum they, beat they, in there. They, they switch the levels on, on the different samples a little bit. Like, one of my favorite things is, like, that camera shutter sound. That's... Wee like, yeah. that's, that makes the song. Because, like, it's, it's, it's groundbreaking. Like, he decided to use, like, this mechanical thing as an instrument. You know, like a, a tool rather than a, 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 a maker of music. Okay. Anyway, so he'll do, he'll, he'll do that a lot in <laughs> um, in Downward Spiral, right? Like, Eraser has him flicking a, a lighter as mm-hmm. a sample. Like, there's there's lots of little cool touches like that, mm-hmm. which eventually goes wrong, and he becomes a parody of himself when he samples a, a, dri- a blender mm-hmm. or something on With Teeth. Hmm. So With Teeth followed Fragile, right? It's going to be like a weird jump from there. Because, yeah, after Fragile, he took like five years off. We're getting way ahead of ourselves. Yeah, what the f- Shia. So what's your reaction to, uh, to this wonderful song? What's it do for I you? like it. it. It's, I mean, if, if I'm going to talk about it, we should turn the music on. Um, there's a lot of sounds that show up again in, in future albums. It's very year zero-y. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the breakdown is, like, pure year zero. Yeah, it's, like, very Great Destroyer, very, like... What is that song called? Violent Heart? Violent, Violent Heart. Heart? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, something bad. like that. Yeah. Okay, so now we're into the wankery. This is, like, after the song is over. And we have another six minutes of just... <sighs> So like yeah, these sort of these like sirens that he works in there, and then like distorts. It's I, I just love the the bigness of that sound. Like it's mm-hmm. it's like echoing off the walls of a dungeon or something. Uh, yeah, it's it's like taking all the serious musical elements that have always been there, and then taking all like the fun, weird musical elements that have always been there and like kind of perfecting it and making it a serious good thing um i guess i could drop in an impression what do you guys what do you what do you periscope super fans think would you like to see an impression see slash here too bad do it anyway all right it's gonna happen so are you guys familiar with uh nature shows on the bbc (laughs) um you familiar with the work of sir david attenborough He's a, he's a knighted uh, protector of the Kingdom of England. Yeah. Um, so he's this great naturalist. He'll go out and see beautiful animals and narrate mm-hmm. in, this, in this voice. 
that is just so consumed with wonder. It's it's like Steve Irwin, but like a little more breathy and old mm-hmm. wise. Anyway, um, so here's my take on the lyrics of Reptile. Okay. <clears throat> she spread herself wide open to let the insects in. And this animal has an amazing defense mechanism where it leaves a trail of honey <laughs> to show me where she's been. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so there's that. Oh, okay. <laughs> Fun stuff. Yeah, okay. But the lyrics are <laughs> like the lyrics of Reptile are like so ripe for parody because they're like wow, they're like really like dark and sensual and like talking about like sex and contamination and pollution. Yeah. It's it's like it's about sin. It's about corrupting of innocence. Mm-hmm. Um But yeah, like then in the chorus it's Oh my beautiful liar. Oh, my precious whore. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, my disease, my infection. I am so impure. Get it? Mm-hmm. According to this lyric sheet, get it shows up in there. <laughs> get it? Get it? Do you get it? I don't get it. I think that's an impression coming up. I don't get it. <laughs> Devil's speak a little way in which she'll manifest. Um, so I love this song. It's. I mean, I don't love this remix because... It's, it's one of those forever. things where, like, everybody loves a piece of chocolate cake, but if you have to eat the entire fucking thing and no one's going to help you with it, it's not an enjoyable task anymore. And you just get, like, six more minutes of the same shit. Like, I think restraint is one of the best tools in Trent Reznor's repertoire, you know? Because, like, we get March of the Pigs, which is just, like, this tight, intense thing. And, you know, like, less is more, you know? Mm-hmm. Jazz is about the notes you don't play, man. Anyhow. Man. Are we about done with Reptilian? Yes. Let me see. Oh, yeah. You noted the Year Zero breakdown. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. That is a note. Yeah, it's got the relentless pulse of droning guitar. And then we have all the pigs are all lined up. Mm-hmm. You guys ready for that? Here it comes. Yes. It's the same song. Well, kind of. Drums are a little different. Yeah, the drums are a little more understated, huh? Less snappy. Sounds a little bit more like a machine than organic. Slower builds, and you get all these moaning noises. No, I thought it was gonna start, but it didn't. Okay, hurry up, dude. God damn it. So yeah, this is seven and a half minutes of March of the Pigs, which is what led me to call it Death March of the Pigs. Because once again, it's a thing that I enjoy quite a lot that just gets stretched and stretched until you just hate it. Um, Which is maybe a little bit like, I don't know. um, Oh yeah, I have the... Oh yeah, we got crowd sound effects. Yeah. like an instructional video of like this is how you should this respond is now you cheer when i play this you go crazy that's your role in this i always thought it was funny that he does that spoiler alert in right where it belongs mm-hmm. also in oh, with the teeth of. yeah i think at this level trent had achieved enough fame that like he could actually start commenting a little bit on what it's like being a super famous rock icon because yeah i mean downward spiral cemented his status as rock icon forever Mm-hmm. I don't care how many soundtracks he does. I don't care how many times he's got to wear a tux to the Oscars and suck the Academy's wiener. It's you know, it's not, it's not going to corrupt this. He created the downward spiral. He will always have created the downward spiral. He will have always have fucked our ears like an animal. And here's here's the shitty part. Oh my god! It's pigs. I never noticed the pig sample until right now. Turn it Sweet! Sweet! Um, okay. Fun shit. Fun shit. Um, yeah, so here's another mishearing of uh, Trent Reznor lyrics. Smell, I smell in a cave! Lame! What? Yeah, um, it doesn't... Oh, so also uh, I compared this to like Star Wars Special Edition because it, <laughs> like, it takes like this perfect original product and then just fills it up with like distracting noise 
-hmm. Just cram as much as you possibly can fit in every single second of the song. Distracting noise. Just like, just, we need more, more, more things. Just get all the things. And yeah, let's, uh, I don't know, let me look at the production of this song, because like, was this just Trent doing this? All the pigs are all lined up. I think, yeah, Yeah. just just Trent and the original band members, so you decided, uh, yeah. But um, the Reptilian remix, and then Underneath the Skin? Yep, Underneath the Skin. Which is another Reptile remix were made by Dave Ogilvie, who is a legendary producer. Um, He worked with Skinny Puppy. He later went on to work with Tool. Basically all like the the bedrock foundational 90s (laughs) alternative bands. The bedrock. Bedrock. so yeah, the like, and roll. He's, oh, we worked with David Bowie on I'm Afraid of Americans. Which oh, is yeah, 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 cool. Can't wait to get to that. And Marilyn Manson. Right. Marilyn Manson. Historical note. <laughs> um, so 94 was a landmark year for Trent because he was also starting to produce um, other artists and his label Nothing. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. of course, the most successful was Marilyn Manson, mm-hmm. who came out in 94 with... Album name. <laughs> I don't know. Who knows? Uh, yeah, we mentioned that in the last episode. Portrait of an American Family in 94. Oh. Right. So this is, yeah, Trent was sort of becoming a little bit more of an impresario and like sort of helping smaller artists into... But then his, his relationship with Manson eventually became strained and difficult. Um, but uh, another historical note. So we know Marilyn Manson takes his name from Marilyn Monroe and then the serial killer... Charles Manson. Well, the serial... The, um, the serial cult creator. The, the, archi- <laughs> the architect of weird murders. Um, so yeah, um, Downward Spiral was actually written and partially recorded in the Sharon Tate house in yeah. 1994, which is where the Helter Skelter murders occurred, which is where like a bunch of people in the Manson family broke into Roman Polanski's wife's house. Some some director's wife's house. Was it? Yeah. No. Some director's wife's house, Sharon Tate. And they done stabbed her real good. Uh, I think she was pregnant at the time. Mm-hmm. So there was like sort of a bonus infant murder. Um, so yeah, basically they... Yeah, Roman Polanski. Oh, yeah. wow. Nailed it. I don't know. How did I not know we're that? Down to, we're down to four. What did we do? That's <laughs> fine. All right. We're just rambling. Yep. So yeah, Trent was also. Um, Shut up, Russ. Roman Polanski is correct. Millennials. I don't even remember. I don't know when was that even. It was a big deal. But yeah, Marilyn Manson. He took. Uh, oh know, yeah, nineteen sixty nine. He got Marilyn, which is sort of this idea of like you know purity and like love, almost a Madonna like figure before Madonna, um, and then he juxtaposed it with Madonna was with Manson. Way before so it's male, Manson. female, good, evil, God, Satan. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. The Antichrist superstar. And then what's interesting, I pulled this quote from Louder Than Hell. Trent Reznor says, From a business point of view, Marilyn Manson was wildly successful. I think he's a talented guy, and I'm not taking credit where it's not due. If there was a valid role I had, it was helping provide a framework to allow him to do what he wanted to do. And what I love about that is, like, how, like, immediately defensive he is about his relationship with Marilyn Manson, Mm because those guys had it out, man. Man, man, they got they got all their white makeup smeared on each other in a, co- <laughs> in, in a cornstarch fight. <laughs> cornstarch fight, man. By we're the way, talking we're, at all this episode. I yeah, don't have anything to say. Yeah, we're still fucking hung up on all the pigs. That all I mean, up. it's almost over. Is there like, anything else to talk about? All the pigs are all lined up. Um. No, I'm looking at like notes from the single and there's really nothing all right well i'm gonna go ahead and cut the last few seconds of this cut it out cut it cut it out coming up next is just like a weird instrumental track that they included as like i guess an unexplored concept or like an atmospheric thing to sort of get you in the mood for foreshadowing of what the future will sound like yeah he's like here's here's what i've been yeah just a a sight into a a glimpse into trent reznor's twisted mind What do you two think the first time you heard March of the Pigs? What did you two think? What did you two think? Um, I like immediately had to turn it down for fear that my mom would come in the room. I was I was a, a wee lad, and listening to March of the Pigs, it was like it was again. It sort of confused me about what is Nine Inch Nails because I had heard these like slow sensual songs and like his ballads, but then like I come back and hear March of the Pigs, which is just 
just an assault. Um, I mean, I liked it, but again, it was like I was kind of terrified of it at first. I don't remember what I thought about it at first. I remember that I didn't often listen to it. Mm. I would skip it and go to Piggy. I mean, it's like, it hurts. It's, <laughs> it's, it's like getting punched in the ear. Yeah, I didn't really appreciate like the heavier songs until like late middle school-ish. Right. Like when, when did it all that could have been come out? 2000 something? 2002? Six. Two. Oh, two. You're probably Had to right. be two. You're probably right. Um, one or two. 2001 or two, I want to say. Um, he did it live, and I think that was kind of the first time I really listened, listened to it after even having heard the downward spiral so many times. And it kind of I mean, got the sound that I, I wanted at the time, so I liked it, but I don't remember what I thought. Sorry, Russ. I, I mean, know. it was a... It's the perfect lead-in to Downward Spiral, I feel like, because it's just, like, it immediately, like, warns you about what the rest of this album is going to sound like. Yeah, kind of. I mean, the whole album doesn't quite, because then Piggy is really... Yeah, oh yeah. Ugh, I can't wait to listen to the Downward Spiral. I got mixed up and thought we were... No need to apologize. Good to hear your thoughts. Thanks, Russ. He's such a positive guy. He's so positive. I was so excited to do the downward spiral this weekend, and then I remembered that it was. God, I was so bummed. We're still trapped in singles hell. Ugh, go fuck yourself. Help me. <laughs> I'm in hell. Russ responded to us by saying, go fuck yourself. All right, let's not give this troll any more attention. <laughs> Love you, Russ. Sick of the haters. Sick of all the haters. So now Russ we got underneath off. the skin a second remix to Reptile. Pretty fun. No, don't go anywhere. No. Bye. Stay here. <clears throat> Stay here. So this definitely has that year zero sound to it. Sort of that breakdown, like really, yeah. Ghost. Processed digital thing going on. Yeah. I like it a lot. <laughs> but again, it's still about seven minutes too long. Someone's saying hello. Hi. Hello, person. Can you read that name? We got the camera sideways. So yeah, we can't read the names. Yeah, so we're getting... Anyhow. Let me read a couple notes out of Louder Than Hell about the production of this album. So, um, so before Trent recorded Downward Spiral, he, he would tour a lot and hang out with uh, people from ministry, like Al Jorgensen. And um, what was funny to me is hearing about how Trent used to be like everybody's, he was like the cabin boy on the tour bus for a while, like everyone would just shit on him, he was the new kid on the block. Mm -hmm. The Jorgensen said, uh, oh yeah, we'd throw firecrackers into his bunk and scare the shit out of him. <laughs> At my studio, we had a rule you couldn't fall asleep or you'd get fucked with, man. So one time when Trent passed out, I took a razor and shaved his head, man. I thought he looked pretty good like that. Um, so yeah, I feel like Trent was, he was touring with a lot of boozing, alcoholic idiot bros who eventually went on to lead obscure and unsuccessful careers. But Trent had something else going on, man. Like he was the kid with, he was the dreamer. Well, they aren't all unsuccessful. Mm -hmm. Richard Patrick had success, but like. Anything that would stack up against Nine Inch Nails? I don't know about that. I mean, some of them still play with Nine Inch Nails. I may have I may have quoted this in a past episode, but it's worth repeating. Richard Patrick, who played guitar on Broken and uh, collaborated on early Nine Inch Nails records, said Trent was never like this wild S&M guy or anything. He always had a steady girlfriend. Mm -hmm. Interesting note. Mm -hmm. But Al Jorgensen was the one who would be totally, completely, and utterly into everything. Like, Al Jorgensen would wake up in the morning, say, Okay, everybody, we're having margaritas. Mm -hmm. And he'd put a little bit of margarita mix and then a ton of tequila. Like, all right, whatever. Yeah. Um, but then he'd, he'd ask Trent, like, Hey, what else you got, man? Trent's like, I think that's it. I think it's just, you know, margarita mix and tequila. He's like, nah, you got, where's the laundry machine, man? Give me that Clorox, man. He'd splash some Clorox in the blender, supposedly. You got any motor oil, man? Yeah. And honestly, it's like Trent was dealing with this just kind of idiot party boy. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I don't know, if they were, if they were like snorting coke and slamming heroin, that, I mean, that's a different kind of thing. This guy just Clorox? sounds, this, this guy just sounds like an asshole. Yeah, he just sounds like <laughs> a dummy. Yeah, let's just get fucked up on Clorox, bruh. That sounds like just a desperate, bored child. Yeah, anyway. it's like the the kids. I would go to like sleepovers and in like seventh and eighth grade at these kids' house who like they lived out in the in the country, like in the woods. And we'd go and stay the night. And as soon as their parents weren't paying attention, we'd go off and like drink and smoke weed in the woods. 
And this one girl was just, like, the most attention-seeking person in the whole group, and she would always, like, sniff um, gasoline. Was, like, like fit, not inhale like, the liquid, but inhale sniff the fumes. Yeah, inhale sniff the fumes, the fumes yeah. Okay. It's just like, you're... What were we in seventh grade? Thirteen? You're thirteen? You don't need to be sniffing gas. I mean, I was, like, sniffing glue in fifth grade, I guess, so I should talk you? shit. Yeah. Well, I mean, huffing is a very middle America thing. Huffing. It was never really around in my life. Huffing. One of my favorite stories about huffing is by Joey Diaz, famous comedian. Um, and when he, when he was growing up in Jersey, um, like, there was... There was this dude in his neighborhood who was, like, addicted to sniffing airplane glue <laughs> to the point that he wasn't allowed in the hobby shop anymore. So he would pay Joey Diaz to go buy airplane glue for him. And then, yeah, Joey Diaz was turning a huge profit, like, selling glue to who he called Sticky Joe, which I just... Isn't that perfect? Anyway. Isn't there... Isn't the quote from Airplane, like, I picked the wrong week to stop sniffing glue? Yes. You that could, is exactly yeah. the quote. It kind of, like, brings it all together. Airplane. Wait, brings, brings what together? Airplane glue. Yes. Airplane glue does bring everything together. Anyway, continue. That was dumb. Sorry. Um, so then Trent also said in an interview with uh, the author of Louder Than Hell, Going into the downward spiral, the safest thing I could have done was make another broken that was tough and mean and would show everyone how many great metal riffs I can write. Answer, two. Um... <laughs> Stop. You wrote a few later. <laughs> it would have been the least artistically challenging thing, so I wasn't going to do that. I started the downward spiral on guitar, but ended up using a lot of computer instead of guitar to write because it was a lot more inspiring to me. I was also trying to make a record that was fairly broad in its scope musically, rather than everything being really hard and fast. Mm-hmm. That's a really, mm-hmm. really important note. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like in his career, this is when he sort of adopted you know, this this new direction. I mean. It's it's a little bit going back to his roots because pre hate machine was like entirely arranged on a synth. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess like when he adds a computer to the mix, he has like all these different options of editing, creating like this yeah this broader sound. You know. Mhm. 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 Cool shit. I feel like I'm really just stampeding over you this episode. No, you're fine. I mean, I basically said that earlier that this out like the downward spiral. We keep talking about the downward spiral, but we, we like I mean, this is all the that the downward spiral. spiral is perfecting the two things that mm-hmm. he was already doing. Mhm. Mm-hmm. But together. Mhm. 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 Mm-hmm. Okay. Mhm. That's it. We've That's listened it to the entire that. single. That was it. Oh, we didn't even like turn We up. didn't comment on That was anything. underneath the skin. I mean, it was another remix. It was another 7 minute it's pretty Remix. much here. Let me just reenact it for you. Boom, 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 boom. Yep, that's uh. That's, Found it. That's, that's how it sounds. Okay, what else we got? Uh, we were gonna listen to a little bit of Skinny oh, Puppy. Oh, yes, yes. Also, what is our what's what's our girl doing? Oh, right. So now it's time for one of my favorite segments where we uh. We hold up the career of Trent Reznor and juxtapose it with the career of another electronic music genius and auteur. Compared to Bjork. That's right. It's time for Compared to Bjork. Compared to Bjork. As we established earlier, they had a really similar early history. Mm -hmm. Um, Like they're, you know, sort of a a fractured family life and childhood, then Mm -hmm. early jazz lessons and experiments. Lessons. And they they appeared in in films. And then um, eventually broke from their original record label and came into their own. That's what was going on in Bjork's life. Um, as we know, the Downward Spiral was Trent's official second album mm-hmm. because Broken was like this one-off thing, which was him like fracturing with his uh, his TVT record record deal. Mm-hmm. Um, so this was his first release on Nothing Records, and um, Bjork. Came out with debut in '93, around the same time. Yeah, it's not. It's not going to be an exact match. No, that's fine. But it came out in '93, and um, what I like about it, the similarities I picked out is uh, the first track on debut is "Human Behavior," which is a lead single that starts out with like this really innovative and intense drumline. So I mean, can you think of another lead single with? Uh, Innovative drum line with like the bass layering in on top. It's it's a little bit like March of the Pigs. Uh-huh. You know how else it's like March of the Pigs? Human behavior. How um else? it was riffed by Beavis and Butthead. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh my god, the similarities are adding up. <laughs> oh um, my god. And then another one of the con- 
contrived similarities between Bjork and Trent is that uh, when this album was being produced, that was when she decided to move to London from Iceland. And that's mm-hmm. also when Trent decided to move to Los Angeles mm-hmm. instead of Cleveland. Mm-hmm. So these are, these are like moments in their career when they realized that they had the mantle of this artistic responsibility and they just went with it, man. Just keep playing They just went with it. All right, more human behavior? Yeah. Let's do it. I kind of want to see the uh, Beavs and Butthead riff on this. Okay. So you can hear it kind of has like this like African fusion drum beat. We spent a good hour the other night just watching Bjork videos. I've seen most of them, but Shia hadn't. I mean, I, I would be comfortable just doing an entire podcast. I know, Bjork. we might have to. March of the Pigs, Human Behavior. Both mammals. Can't be a coincidence. I know, it's about humans That's and right, animals. That's right, Russ. But, yeah, like, Bjork's primary instrument has always been her voice, and then she'll collaborate with people to develop the instrumentation that goes over it. And Trent, you would always sort of do, like, sort of synth melodies or, like, dr- or guitar. But, yeah, I guess now he started leading with the computer a little bit. So their their creative processes are a little bit different, but... I feel like the end product always has a little bit in common. This is kind of like March the Pigs. Yeah? <laughs> a little bit. I love her. Pigs, so humans. Good. Also, it's always been interesting to me that she's decided to record pretty much her entire career in English when she could just do Icelandic. But Well, they speak English. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they believe in things like education. Uh-huh. And communicating with the outside world, which is substantially bigger than Iceland. Yeah, I mean, if you speak Icelandic, you, you know how to communicate with, like, maybe three million people in the world. It's probably similar enough to other Scandinavian languages, but yeah, mm-hmm, I would mm-hmm. say. But yeah, also, um, Bjork and Trent have this in common. They'll always sort of be the face of their band. I mean, Bjork is called Bjork, so, I mean, yeah. there's, there's no ambiguity that this is her band. Uh-huh. But yeah, Nine Inch Nails, Trent sort of has this layer of mysticism. Where it's like, who is Nine Inch Nails? It's always been Trent. Yeah. It's, it's Trent. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's always very video friendly. He's always very ready to like throw on some makeup and do a crazy look. Especially in the early days. It was all about that shit. But eventually he sort of grew and matured away from that. So at the same time that Trent was sort of growing away from all these really intense rock personas, <laughs> Bjork was sort of becoming more and more into it, you know? Like she... Um, you should see some of her latest stuff, man. She's like full, oh, on, full, full on like Cirque du Soleil clown. Mm-hmm. You know, it's uh, and that's who she is, man. Mm-hmm. That's who she is. But I feel like this is at a this is the point, like downward spiral and debut, and then uh, her follow up album in '95. That this is probably the period where Trent and Bjork had the most in common. And if they met, they may have had a special connection. We just on- like really need. Trent. I can o- I can only We're speculate. We're just like shipping. I ship it. I ship it so hard. Alright, what else should we talk about? You know what, let's see if we can get a good Oliver meow. I know. He throw throw that on right. the soundboard. He's just smelling the task. He's like, I don't know. Why can you never make a cat talk when you need him to? Right? This is your big moment. A watched cat never talks. Wow. Nice. I'm trying. I think this has become our podcast at this point. <laughs> Just shaking the cat in front of the camera. Okay. Well, we were going to do a Skinny live, Puppy. A live listen of Skinny Puppy. Let's, uh, let's venture into Skinny Puppy. A couple of res nerds were uh, insisting that we listen to Skinny Puppy so that we can get a fuller picture of the musical influences of Nine Inch Nails. So we picked... The Too um, Dark too, Park too dark album, park. which came out in 1990. And um, so far it doesn't really seem like music. Just a lot of weird, demonic little imp noises. <laughs> and kind of some cliche samples. Although I guess at the time this wasn't cliche. It's pretty cliche, though. Yeah, it is now. Uh huh. Oliver hates it. 
This is not doing anything for me. This is doing opposite of anything for me. I mean, maybe this is like their one album that sounds this way. Because <laughs> it's, it's like a soundtrack to just a bad acid trip. Like an acid, a dirty brown acid trip. Oh, I'm I mean, yeah, we got these really processed vocals and the drum machine. Of, you know. If you don't like music, you may enjoy Skinny Puppies. <laughs> I mean, this is rough. It's only been a minute and a half, and I'm having a really hard time. Next song, please. Next, so- next song. What do you got for us? Tambourine. Tiny little drum machine. Okay. Very atmospheric. This is some pretty hate machine vibes. Yeah. Kind of talking headsy. Yeah. It's like talking heads, like performing a sacrifice. <laughs> it sounds like an industrial rock band without the guitars. Yeah. Did you just say cool as jelly? I don't know a word he said. This reminds me of, um... The band Orgy. Oh my god. This sounds so much like Orgy. I used to love Orgy. And yeah, we got these kind of processed vocals that sound like they, they've got tinges of Britishness on them, yeah? Uh, tinges of Britishness. Yeah. Oh. Roy. I mean, I'm not very interested in this song. No, I'm not. What's the next? Next. So, Spasmolytic. Like the name, kind of. If you're just tuning in. Spasmolytic. We're checking out Skinny Puppy. Up to 11. Down to 10. Fuck's sake. Okay, maybe this is like their concept album. Maybe I don't know enough about them. (laughs) I wonder if there's a Skinny Puppy article... On, on the, the Nine Inch Nails, Nails wiki. wiki? Of course there is. We'll turn it off. Skinny Puppy is a notable industrial band from Vancouver, Canada. The band formed in early 1982 and has risen as a pioneering force in industrial music, combining the ferocity of punk with the experimentation, noise, and theatrics of the budding electronic movement. Mm-hmm. It seems like there's a lot of Canadian cross-pollination with like this development of like electronic music you know mm-hmm. in the early days which is weird because they're like the most reserved polite people you know well, they gotta let their angst out somehow how yeah. much angst and also the uh, skinny puppy front man Nivek Ogre what I like about his name is uh, he took his his birth name Kevin and then he made it backwards. Oh my dude. god, I didn't even notice that. Nivek Ogre. Oh. oh, um, here's a nerd moment, actually. So, you, are you a, you're a Doctor Who person? I've seen it. I'm not a Doctor Who person. I but don't you, like if it. If I said Dalek, you would know what I'm talking well, yeah. about. Well, yeah. So, Daleks are like these weird cybernetic organisms that look like trash cans with like a million boobs on them. Mm-hmm. Um, like on the in- have you seen the inside of a Dalek? Mm-hmm. It's like it's like a goopy. Ugly little, yeah. Yeah, like a little octopus creature. So those yeah. are actually called calids. And then the calids developed all this technology to become this different organism. And then mm. as as their yeah, as their DNA started to change, they also changed their name. Calid Dalek. Yep. Bye. And that's been your pointless Doctor Who trivia moment. Anything else about Right, so... Um, this guy? Yeah, Nivek Ogre performed with Reznor on that Super Not track we heard earlier from A Thousand Homo DJs. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so from the early days, there's been a lot of cross-pollination, a lot of different influences. It was a melting pot. But um, yeah, March of the Pigs and Downward Spiral are the moments where Trent really came into his own. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Oh, is that it for the skinny puppy moment? That's yeah. That's all I got to say. What should we put on in the background as we close this this little thing up? Uh, I could put on a nice Nin remix. Nin so remix. So what was your what was your takeaway yeah. of Skinny Puppy? Was it? Ugh, I don't like it. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I I definitely can hear where the influences come from. I can tell what about it. Um, Trent and others may have liked, and I, you know, obviously they worked t- together, so that's cool. But as music, it's it's not. Yeah, I mean, it's a like thing that I enjoy to to understand and appreciate and enjoy Led Zeppelin. You don't need to go back and listen to like the oldest Robert Johnson tracks. Although, yeah. like Robert Johnson's cool, but at the same time, it's like it's not essential. You know, like. Music is sort of uh, like science in that it's sort of built on the shoulders of giants, you know? Mm-hmm. Know what I'm saying? Know what I'm saying? Do you, do you know what I'm saying? They're a good... Yeah, I'm going to look for a March of the Pigs. March of the Pigs remix that we can use. Coming up. Well, this, ah. is, this is what? Yeah, this is March of the Pigs remixed by Justin Kleiner. Justin Kleiner. Which has cool. an 89 rating on remix.name.com. Awesome. So do you want to go over uh, our how much angst submissions for yeah. the week? Yeah. So last week we reached out to have people hashtag how much angst. And it hasn't been super busy, but we got one from, how do you say that? We? Comrade We. We? It's comrade underscore Y-U-I at Twitter. How much angst? The angst of discovering that modern... Bourgeois society. I can. I always struggle with you that can do ugly it. You word. Can do it. Is commodifying your soul expressed in music? Mm. That's mm. kind of a meta angst. Yeah. Because like, your soul expressed in music for some people would be Nine Inch Nails. Well, I think they're just the specifically discussing Trent Reznor yeah. on that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you did a how much angst? Oh yes, when you thought it was safe to fart, but then your coworker comes right back into the room. Aww. Everyone's been through that, right? Like you're holding it in for the longest time at your desk, and then finally your office mate just gets up and leaves, and you're like, oh, and 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 then they're like, oh, I forgot my pen, and then it's like you just have to sit and stare at them, and it's like, are they gonna notice? Are they mm-hmm. gonna notice? I don't, and that's a, no one ever brings it up, right? Like, how do you address that there's a fart? Yeah. Sometimes. You can see it on their face, and then I'm just like, oh, yeah, sorry, I farted. <laughs> Thought I had more time. Yeah. Um, our friend Russ, who contributed a lot on Periscope to this episode, listened to Downward Spiral for the first time last week. He had previously heard Pretty Hate Machine and Broken and really liked it, but this was his first time going into the Downward Spiral. And his was, how much angst? Enough angst to leave analogies ineffective. Kill yourself. <laughs> <laughs> he loved the downward spiral. I like that one a lot. But it's just like such, it's just such an emotional album, especially to end it with like Hurt. Yeah. Um, yeah, dude, dude. Yeah, Hurt and Closer and March of the Pigs. Like next week is going to be just dynamite. Dude. Yeah, we're going to have a great time. And we're actually going to... We're going to record the whole thing? Yeah, we're going to make a little video. Okay. So that's going to be fun. We did Periscope this week, but we're going to do a straight-up video, upload it to the internet proper. We'll be hyping that up. Yeah, so that'll be fun. Um, Yeah, and then you, how much angsted Kyle MacLachlan in the second act of Blue Velvet. Right. Yeah, I mean, if you've never seen Blue Velvet, see it. Yeah. I mean, it's David Lynch's most coherent work. Easily. (laughs) <laughs> and, uh, and Kyle McLaughlin plays like this sort of starry-eyed, innocent kid who uh, like sort of becomes a detective. And he's at the, at the first chapter, he's like having so much fun with like snooping around, spying on people. Then he gets like embroiled in like this really yeah. dark, twisted plot, and he's sort of questioning who he is and like if he's even a good person anymore. So um, that's how much angst. Yeah, and then the only thing I've really felt angst about this week is being stuck in every candy. Crush saga because I'm an idiot and that's how I spend my free time. Yeah, you don't you don't uh, just do one candy crush. I have all three of them. You crush there's three. You crush all the candies. I crush it out while I'm trying, but fucking ugh, the levels. Anyway, you know what they say? Some days you crush the candy. Some days the candy crush you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In mm-hmm. Soviet Russia. In Soviet Russia. So, um. So 
Do you want to do our sign off? Are we are we done? Well, yeah. Really? Let me continue. Okay. Let okay. Me, let me just come on. You got this. Yeah, I got this. You you've talked enough, so shut your pretty little face. Um, so if you have how much angst, get at us. Hashtag how much angst. Do it on Twitter because it's easier to find, and I'm probably not going to search for it on Facebook. Um, Twitter is at Trent Talk Pod. Follow us. It's fun. We have fun. Let's have fun. You can find us on Facebook, also at Trent Talk Pod. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we're gonna. We have right now the Periscope video that we did today, but you have until like 5 p.m. on March 14th, 2016, to watch it because yeah. Periscope goes away in 24 hours. Exclusive. So if you want to see it, you gotta see it. Exclusive. If you don't see it, you're gonna hear about it in this episode, and you're just gonna feel left out. Nobody wants that. And you won't see that hilarious thing that you did. The hilarious thing that I did? Shh, shh. Spoilers. <laughs> anyway, um, if you have a fun story or an anecdote or whatever that you want to give us. I don't know I said story or anecdote. That was dumb. Um, email us. TrentTalkPod at gmail.com. And then all, all the videos and music and nonsense that we went through today will be on the little blog mm-hmm. on, our ones, on our website. Cool. So that's it. Yeah. I mean, it's been fun going through Halo 7, but really this was just like a little teaser trailer for... I mean, uh... I can't even express how big this is going to be. Like, we're doing a podcast about Nine Inch Nails, and we're about to talk about Downward Spiral. Like, I I feel like we will be in a Downward Spiral after that moment, because like, that's that's like, that's the peak. I mean, we'll have another peak. We'll have more peaks, but that'll be... That's definitely a big one. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying all of his albums after this don't have moments of greatness and illumination. Yeah. But just like as a complete work. Good God. Mm-hmm. Good God. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. So, yeah, please look us up. Give us your angst. And that's, that's us. Let's hear for Nine Inch Nails! Woo! good! <laughs> I'm having way too much fun with this soundboard. (laughs) Alright. See you next week, guys. Bye.